come get you. Hello there. Hey, what's up, buddy? How are you? Not, not too, too shabby. Welcome to House of Nerd. Indeed. Welcome to House of Nerd. <sighs> Feels like a month of Sunday since we've done this. I feel like I said oh, no. robot time. How about now? Are we back? Can you hear me? And we're walking. <laughs> and we're walking. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Oh. Oofta. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it has been just oofta. <laughs> a day. Um, but not in like the good way, like the have a day, son. Like not in that kind of way. Just <laughs> like a fuck. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like a like a real like Roy Kent like <laughs> kind of way. <laughs> I feel like more and more. Oh, like, I, those are the days. Like, I mean, it's just like uh, I just wake up and I'm like, it's 89 degrees and it's not even seven o'clock yet. Today's gonna. Suck. Oh, 89. That was downright. That was downright cool. Well, I mean, it's before huh. seven p.m. So I just like, want to say thank you to all the boomers for leaving us with this tra- burning trash pile of a planet while you guys are, you know, <laughs> leaving oh and just God. taking all of the all of the wealth and going, eh, fuck it. <laughs> like, it's your turn now. Our turn to what? Fix your shit? Awesome. Like, you mean the same stuff we've been doing forever? Oh, my God. Get planet fucked. It's <laughs> like, literally... Literally on fire. Yeah, it's literally on fire, and <laughs> I feel like there's a not insignificant percentage of the you know people that live here being like, "You didn't want it on fire? Like, was that a yeah. problem? What do you What do you mean? It doesn't matter to us. We're we're eighty. We don't oh, care. <laughs> we had a, we had a good life. Like, we have to find a new planet. <laughs> like. <laughs> It ab- thanks y'all it absolutely like just to describe my day today I, I just i feel like this is important this is not nerd at all but like i was, <laughs> I was trying to get some stuff done in the middle of the day <clears throat> i had an hour lunch break i was like i'm gonna go to walmart i gotta pick some stuff up like my my kid needs diapers like you know we needed to he needed milk and i was like all right i'm gonna go do that so i have my hour right and i drive over to walmart i was like Three miles from my office. I'm like, great. I'll get in. I'll get out. I'll be on my, my way. Walking from my car, just from my car to the inside of Walmart, I felt like I was on the surface of the sun. Like every, I'm surprised my shoes did not they melt. weren't melting. Into the, like, the, oh my God. And then when it rained this afternoon, which it hasn't done in, you know, months. It just gets hotter. I was looking at the odometer <laughs> when I cranked my car in the rain this afternoon. It said 112. And I was like, yeah, I it sounds right. I that tracks. Went above 100. Like I thought that was the highest we could get. Um, was I, assu- I assume you mean the thermometer what because the say? odometer. Is, <laughs> like I didn't know it went above 112. I'm like, how fast do you trade in cars? <laughs> I Shit. Missed the thermometer. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, super fast. I drank my dinner tonight because it's just that kind of night, man. Like, I'm not gonna lie, 
It's hot. <laughs> it's so it's hot. I mean, every every day, I I just think of Good Morning Vietnam and Robin Williams. And the like, do you know? Do you know which scene I'm talking about? The like, hot, damn hot. Oh, <laughs> hot. Yeah. We don't even like. It's like you don't want to know what the what my crotch looks like. Great for a woman, bad for. <laughs> and it's it's great. We used to walk. I used to walk my dogs every afternoon, like in the afternoon, and like we had a walk since like May. Like we just don't do that anymore. Like that's not a thing that we do. No. Because it's unsafe to take my kid in his stroller outside, like it's so freaking hot. Right, I mean, it's, it's like not. It's almost like to the point of not safe to have an infant outside. This no, is I just going to play in the play in the background. You might hear it. Oh, I hear it. Yes. I, I don't think that it's almost anything. It <laughs> well, is crockpot cooking. <laughs> Were you born on the sun? It, it's it's. It's fucking hot. Um, this is what old people do: is they get on and they talk about the weather. Or if you're anyone who lives on this planet right now, you're just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, can we get a little relief? Like, and he's going, he's going. Fuck, guys, it's too hot down there. Like, uh, <laughs> I'd come no. back and help you, but I don't want to sweat that much. Yeah. <laughs> so you're on your own. Um, oh man, I do. Hell has found us. I feel like my grandfather when I complain about the heat like this, but like also, it's hot as fucking balls, man. Like, right. I, I'm sorry. Right. Like, if it's 116 outside in fucking Florida and South Georgia, like something something is wrong. We're some, doing this wrong. is this is not a this is not normal. I mean, it's normally it's hot. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I used to play baseball and it'd be like 110 on the field, but that was also like on the field mm-hmm. where it's, the heat is trapped down there because of you know, the facilities you're playing in. Mm-hmm. Not just like, eh, you know, it's nine o'clock at night and it's 98 degrees. And I'm like, not the, not the fun one. That's like 98 and rising, but not the one with Nicholas Shea. <laughs> now, I will say this is a fun little quirk um, that the. I do enjoy. Um, so, you know, whatever. Um, this is the one little enjoyment I get out of my life is that my office, um, the building that I work in, um, I am on the side where our, all of our servers are. Um, mm, so it is frozen. I <laughs> ask cold. All, to the point, to the point that I am the guy who is complaining about it being so hot during the day. I have a heater <laughs> that I run at it's my so desk. Cold. It's so cold. Um, Man of uh, contradictions. I am. And I'll own it and I don't even care. Um, but like, yeah, people walk into my office legitimately and they're like, how are you not wearing a jacket? And I was like, I'm pretty sure if I had a jacket on, I would die. Right. That, that would just be a thing that would, I, I couldn't even carry it from my house to here. I would <laughs> die. But that is eight and a half minutes of weather talk. Um, so welcome to House of Nerd. Um, again. Hey, welcome, welcome again. Your source for all your weather needs, um, I guess. We'll, we'll <laughs> that say. is that is what we bring here: uh, nerd stuff, politics, and the weather. Weather, oh, weather. Uh, yeah, I'm good with that. Well, Snark, uh, we have a couple things to talk about this week. Um, really, mainly rumors, but I mean, fun rumors to to talk about before we get into Trials of the Dark Saber. I mean, that sounds uh, nice. I've got a lot of Marvel stuff, um, including one. 
Marvel story that I just absolutely don't believe, but also would absolutely love if it happened. Um, so do you want to start with the fun story or you want to start with the one we were talking about earlier today involving our favorite witch um, who is or isn't dead, maybe? Um, sure. It sounds like sounds like we've already started. Yeah. All right. Well, let's start with um, <laughs> start there. Um, according to my cosmic circus, um, so take these with a you you choose the size of a grain of salt that you want to uh, you apply to these. Um, but uh, my cosmic circus is reporting that Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, survives the end of multiverse multiverse of madness. Um, and that she is currently in a dormant state at the start of the Witch's Road, um, which is the Witch's Road will be introduced into Agatha Coven of Ca- uh, Chaos, um, which was slated to come out this Christmas and then was slated to come out next May. And now I don't know if it will ever come out because the writer strike seemingly will never end. Um, <laughs> because rich people are going to be... <laughs> Rich, I guess. Like, to be fair, jeez, yeah. talk about cutting off your nose to spite your face. Because um, like, we'll just we'll just coast on reruns forever. People are gonna watch TV. I mean, which is finally probably true. I mean, just watch episodes of Golden Girls for the for the remainder of existence. We are currently watching all of the episodes, the seasons of Survivor, because there's nothing new to watch. Um, but I mean, <laughs> so it's all gonna be bloody TV. It like is. that's going to be the only the only thing because that's the only thing that's going to not require a <laughs> or be in a SAG contract. Live sports will exist for a little while longer, and then after that, when all of the live sports are combined into professional leagues, they will you know price us out of being able to watch them in person, and then they'll price us out of being able to watch them online. Um, so <laughs> I'm in a one happy place. In case you could not tell. Um, I can. It seems like it. Speaking of, um, <laughs> this is a fun story um, from Variety. Um, the prices of Disney Plus and the Hulu Premium plans will get stacked up um, by New Duo Bundle, but New Duo New Duo Bundle will offer deep discount. So essentially, um, the price of Disney Plus will jump twenty seven percent, which is a scary number. Um, but when you hear it's rising from the cost of ten ninety nine a month to thirteen ninety nine a month, I guess I say, I mean, I I, I feel like they, to, I'm like on one hand, I'm like, you know, it sucks. It's going to cost more. Not really a big fan. Yeah, they they did say they were going to do this. Like, yeah, this this was not like a mystery. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not really like that upset about this, I guess. And this is probably my, like, it probably sounds like privilege when I say this, but like $3 a month is, I get $3 a month worth of enjoyment <laughs> Disney plus like, right. Like we do, we do talking about this show. We get at least, you know, three or $4 worth of enjoyment, just watching old stuff. So all right, I'm okay with this. Netflix did it. Hulu did it. Well, they, I mean, they said they intentionally priced it. To the point where they get a bunch of yeah. subscribers, I'm like, yeah. and then they would raise it. Like that, it's it was just like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, like it talk, sucks. But that's talk about, yeah, them's the breaks. I mean, they're the if we want to continue to see high quality content produced, 
they have to make a profit. And I'm not saying that they don't make a profit because Jesus Christ, they do. Um, but they're not making the level of profit that they want to. So the price increase has got to happen. I mean, also ESPN plus is increasing by a dollar from nine ninety nine to ten ninety nine a month. I mean, these are small increases. I mean, percentage wise, $27, 27% sounds like a lot scarier number than $3. Um, which is probably how I would have written the story is, Hey, the price of this subscription service is going up $3. Um, cause Netflix did this like 10 years ago. But that um, doesn't drive rage clicks, man. Exactly. You gotta have the rage clicks. Um, the now, Fox right. news crowd has to have something since well, uh, apparently they're not going to get Gavin Newsom. <laughs> Where I will, I am com- dying to see that debate. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh my god! So I'm not even going to watch it. It's not worth it. I just, I'm not. I'm angry enough as you it don't want to watch Florida's glorious leader just fucking implode on stage. <laughs> he's using my tax dollars to fly all over this country and run. Oh, yeah, for but he's going to do that anyway. That like, why not, not get some entertainment out of it? <laughs> he's not going to win. He's going to come back to this state and try and turn this state into a miniature version of what he would have turned the United States into. And it's just, it's just dumb, man. Honestly, it's just, it feels like Nero fiddled while Rome burned, right? Like, I know. That's exactly what's happening. No, not everybody agrees (laughs) on this. and I get it. But like my opinion, personally. Other people are wrong. There's so many things wrong (laughs) in the state that we could be focusing on to fix. Right. Like library books. Uh, and that's what we're focused on is what kids read in libraries. Yeah. Like weirdly, I I saw an awesome meme today. That was like uh, that, you know, your prior when it, when 12 years old is old enough to carry a child to full term pregnant, but you can't check out a fucking library book. You can't read to kill a mockingbird because you know, and I'm sorry, but you can have a child. You can have an actual child. I'm like, I, that's fucked up. Um, anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to take us this way. No, this it just is, happens. This, this is the week. I'm glad you did because this is our platform and I'm going to say this. If you honestly believe that teaching that slavery did both sides some good, <laughs> I don't I don't think that we live in the same reality. <laughs> I, I really, I'm not, I'm not trying to be insulting. I'm not, there are plenty of people that I know that are good, hardworking, solid people who just happen to vote Republican or conservative and not liberal. But I have to, I have to draw the line at, if you are going to stare me in the face and say that slavery did good for both sets of people, we don't live on the same reality. I'm, that's just, that's my line. Like we don't. You know it doesn't. You are parroting something you heard off of TV because the little guy had the little R after his name instead of the little D. It's stupid. And we all know that it's stupid. Stop pretending that it's not. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. This is so incredibly dumb that this is 2023 and this is the debate we're having. <laughs> we're having an argument of, but slavery was kind of good for them. Um, Seriously? But what you- about the Irish? lost all of my respect for anyone who has said that because you know that it's not true and you literally are selling out an entire race of people to win a vote someone's vote somewhere you know that's not true you, right. i didn't mean for this to go this way 
I'm sorry, I have been drinking. You teed me up, Snark, and I have been sitting on this for weeks, and it's stupid. It is a stupid thing to say, and you look like a fool when you say it. Like, that's just, I'm done. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm off my soapbox now, but... But hell yeah. It's just dumb. <laughs> just dumb. But I didn't even know. <laughs> Please leave Florida and the planet. <laughs> um, in other news. <laughs> in other news. Um, let's talk about something that is not controversial. Well, could be controversial. Um, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. It's super finished, controversial. Just finished a tour, right? Um, just finished her North American tour, I want to say. Um, I'm desperately trying to get my wife tickets to go see Taylor Swift in New Orleans for her birthday. Oh, um, good luck. It is. Is it an extra like $20,000 laying around? A kidney. After your ticket master fees? It's going to cost me a kidney. Yeah, the, um, the tour, the, the tickets are only like 100 bucks, but after ticket master fees, it's 20000 Yeah, oh, man. I want to take her so bad. Like, I really want to take her. Um, and it's, I just don't know that it's going to happen. Um, but, uh, so what Taylor you're hearing Swift. here is we've started a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I no, we have not. With a huge pinch of salt. Um, so this is the story I was referencing earlier. I don't know if this is true or not, but I I would like to see this personally. I think this person can act. Taylor Swift can act. She had a great cameo in um, New Girl. I loved her cameo in New Girl. It was so off the wall. It just catches you completely like unprepared for what's, you know, what actually happens. I thought um, you were going to talk about her running for president. No, no. I am talking <laughs> about the fact that the Disney insider um, is reporting that Taylor Swift has been cast in a, in the Deadpool three uh, as the Marvel character of Dazzler. Yes. Uh, <laughs> ah, that'd be amazing. If you are unfamiliar with Dazzler, um, First of all, the character does look almost 100% like Taylor Swift. Um, but it is a, she is a superheroine appearing in comic book, uh, Marvel comic books, most commonly associated with the X-Men. First appeared in February of 1980 in Uncanny X-Men 130. Um, she's a mutant with the ability to convert sound vibrations into light and energy beams. So you have your singing superhero, right? So she's like, Madonna. That's... I think in the 80s, that's what they were going for. Um, well, and she did, she even has the song. I, Ray of Light. I don't think I've heard you're not, you're not familiar with the Madonna's catalog? No. Just me? Uh, okay. <laughs> the interesting thing about this... Like is, a Madonna virgin. <laughs> one of the interesting things about this um, is that Dazzler has also been described as one of Marvel's most notable and powerful he female heroes. Um, and she has been associated with the LGBT um, Q community. Um, she's she's an icon for the those that are LGBT um, Q plus. I'm not quite sure all the um, letters. I believe there. that's correct. I don't mean any disrespect. Um, I just don't want to say it wrong. Um, but anyways, I, regardless of all of that, the second half of that statement, I think this would be hysterical. Uh, if they were ever going to do Taylor Swift in a Marvel movie, this, this is the, it. This is the one to do. Um, putting her in Deadpool 3 with Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds would absolutely be hysterical. 
and I, for one, would buy tickets solely for that reason. Um, don't know if it's true. Again, giant pinch of salt here. But I kind of desperately want it to be true, um, honestly, because I think it'd be hysterical. Um, I'm on board. I, all right. I 100% would love to see this. Last bit of news before we jump into the episode. Um, and this one is interesting. I, I do want to talk about this in a second, um, but Shashir Zamata has been confirmed, or she has confirmed that she will play the, the role of Jennifer Kale in Agatha Coven of, Car- of Chaos. Um, she quoted here by Mashable, um, she said, I did do as much comic book research as I could, but the way that we formed the character is very difficult, different from what I think people will expect. Um, that's not the notable part of this. I mean, she is a, obviously it's a big role for her. Um, what I do find notable is that we are still getting casting news during the writer strike and now during the, the actor strike. Um, and I don't know if this maybe signals the fact that maybe we might be seeing a crack in the writer strike that maybe it's starting to come to an end. I, I don't know. I truly don't know. Um, if that's going to happen. Um, but I'm just more, more casting news has started to make its way onto the interwebs here recently. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm excited because I've been looking forward to having news to talk about. Um, and <laughs> and here casting, it is. This is the time we have some casting news. So, I mean, that's cool, but uh, any reactions to that snark, anything grabbing you there? Um, Nah, not really. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. We are sort of, you know, like I said, we are still looking for news to talk about. Um, so anything that will prevent me from ranting about, you know, my personal beliefs on this podcast. Um, no, that is what we do here. Let's talk about Trials of the Darksaber. What do you say? I think that sounds, I think that sounds delightful. I think this is a fantastic episode to uh, lead us into what is coming. I am so happy that we got this one in before we got to Ahsoka. Um, I forgot how much I enjoyed this. Like this is such a departure from what we had, what I have expected out of Rebels. Like last week was fun in a campy sort of way with the, you know, the Imperial probe, you know, warrior droid, whatever. I I forget what it was called. Um, But this was this was really, really good. Like, I wish this had been more of what Rebels was. Um, 15th episode of season three, 52nd episode overall, um, premiered January 21st, 2017. Um, so we are, you know, only six years behind in, in terms of getting this review out. Um, I loved the fact that we finally kind of talked about the lore of the Darksaber we had to dive into Sabine and Tia, Tia Sakar's portrayal of Sabine, I think was really, really great. I mean, it's hard to be, it's hard to portray things right in an animated show, but I thought her, her portrayal, her voice acting in this episode as Sabine was just amazing. Like I, I don't know. I could rave about this episode for a while, so I'm going to stop for a second. And- no, I, I, I agree. Like the, or it's when she like she has a a couple of very emotional scenes and it's like oh my 
like you kind of get you in the feels of it. And you're like, whoa, did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to draw now that we've seen the Mandalorian to draw the comparison between her and the Mandalorian the first time kind of wielding the dark saber to me. And I, I could be wrong here, but I feel like the first time Mando, you know, wields the dark saber, I think we see him kind of struggling with the weight of the dark saber. And it, yeah. it, it doesn't appear that Sabine does to me. Exactly. Um, which I think is important to note. Which I think maybe speaks to a little bit about the question a few weeks ago where we were talking about, we saw in the trailer that Ahsoka is training Sabine. Is there some latent force ability there? Um, yeah, I, I feel like we always hear that they made it very clear that she does not have any force abilities. And in this one, it's kind of like, well, maybe. Uh, this, I mean, Kanan's talking about, like, he's like, she, she's conflicted and blocked, but mm. doesn't say like, ah, oh, nah, she's a, she's, she's a fucking mudblood. No. Or, or, yeah. Like, it's, it's not that. It's, it's like, um, she's just, she's just blocked and she's, she's unable to, to access whatever it is. Well, I think she's blocked because, I mean, she says when she's talking to Fen Rao in the early part of the episode, she doesn't want anything to do with this thing because it brought her family, like, nothing but chaos, right? Like, Darth Maul takes it, and I'm I'm assuming, and I think we find out a little bit, is that Maul's, you know, destroys Mandalore, basically, by wielding the Darksaber. And she associates the dark Darksaber as the, with that time. Or, or with the you know the destruction of her planet family. Yeah. Um, but I did find it interesting that Kanan talks about, you know, that the it was meant for you. It was not an accident that this found you, right? Like it's it's kind of kind of Harry Potterish a little bit with like you know the 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 wand chooses the the magician kind of thing. Like it's kind of like giving the the dark saber a little bit of mystical quality, um, which I don't, I don't hate for the record. I think it's kind of cool. Like the dark saber is the lightsaber that kind of, it's the different lightsaber, right? Like it's the one that's not quite a lightsaber, but it's definitely, right, it's the, it's one of its, one of its kind. And then we, right. we do get a little bit of like exposition of, Hey, here's what it is. Um, thank you, Dr. Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I do so, like, Yes. Yeah, and I think the I don't I don't feel have we seen that that particular animation style yet? I don't think we have in this I, if we show have, um, because it harkens to uh, when we're going to start getting into the world between worlds. That's the it's the a very very similar animation style. Mm-hmm. No, I I think that everything about this episode was good. It has the hallmarks of a Rebels episode in that, like, it's very, I'll say it, it's very bottled and that it's it focuses on one storyline, but it focuses on the person, not the activity, right? Like, this, this week, this is 100% a, this is a Sabine episode, right? Like, this is her and Kanan when they go off into the wild, you know, into the wilderness, like, and it's, you, you see... 
you see who she is as a person. Um, I, I don't know. I just she's a frustrated kid, essentially, a kid who has no reason to be put in this position. But here she is, like she's been had greatness forced upon her, and she's got to be the one that she's got to be the one that basically save her race of people, right? I mean. I don't know. I, I'd probably just like heavy, heavy as the head. It right. Is what this episode feels like. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, this is one of those where I feel like the episode kind of stands on its own. I don't know that I want to dissect it, you know, scene by scene. I'm, I'm trying to think of the things that like I really did enjoy. And I, I feel like the vast majority of the things that I enjoy were the Mandalorian culture. Right, the getting a little bit of exposition, getting a little bit of explanation about the, the getting a little bit of explanation about the dark seeing Sabine going from reluctance to touch this to handle it, to at the end of this episode when there's that reluctance is gone in my opinion, and she realizes that you know she's been the one to put herself in this prison, right? Like she's been the one forcing herself to like suffer. Um, like that she doesn't need to do that right like she can she can embrace the fact that you know this thing happened you don't have to live with that torture every day um it's very like psycho psychological honestly in a way like it's kind of explaining the anger that she's carrying around i feel like kanan is telling her you can let that go um like she's carrying the guilt of not being able to save her family of not being able to save all of mandalore and Kanan's over here like, you don't need to save everyone. Like, you you saved yourself. Like, that's what's important. Um, saving yourself saved everyone. You saved a piece of your culture so that your culture can go on, right? Like, you're, you weren't going to take on everyone and fight them back. Like, you're not Luke Skywalker, right? Like, you can't do that. Um, I, I, at least that's and what I'm taking. can do that. <laughs> and the old EU, Luke could, right? Like, the old EU, Luke would down you know he'd take down everybody and then at the end of the episode he didn't age a bit or at the end of the book he was you know <laughs> let's go have let's go have blue milk with han solo on kessel or whatever um but... <laughs> kick back and smoke a lucky after <laughs> after just after just smoking a uh, horrendous a power from like <laughs> the you know, Empire, from the millennia Empire. before the emperor's, the emperor's 87th clone Exactly. Exactly. Um, I thought the duel between Kanan and between Sabine was an interesting twist. I mean, normally we're seeing the duels between Ezra and Kanan, right? Like it's been up to this point, it's, it's been his focus. It's Ezra's focus. It's, you know, what is Ezra going to be? And like that kind of thing. And I think this episode in particular setting us up to i mean what are we at this point we're like four days away i think it's the 18th is when ahsoka comes out we're we're very close this is really good unintentional timing on our part um to kind of bring back up the fact that sabina is going to be a pivotal oh it's the 23rd we're not that quite that close we're we're nine days away um i I think the first season of soka is going to be about sabine honestly it's Ahsoka and Sabine trying to find Ezra. 
And I think this episode would be one that we will look back on and say this was kind of this was laying the foundation for what Filoni had in mind, right? I mean, I don't know, I don't know if it's exactly it, but I think this is the kind of stuff where we start to turn that corner from being, you know, the goofy kids show um, into that found family concept that we talk about all the time, right? Of like, this is how this is how this show becomes this show. Um, I think this is where, you know, we're three seasons in at this point, And I think this is where the show really started to grow with its audience of like, we're done with the Melaroon fruit, right? We're done with the, the goofy nonsense bullshit. Like we're in the serious lore at this point. And like, you could tell these are kids who, you know, is this a kid's show for 12 year olds? Like they're 15 years old now at this point. It's time to tell like a grown-up adult story. And I think this is one of those grown-up adult stories. Um, this is the, I mean, Rebels kind of grows up with you. Exactly. And I mean, knowing where we're headed with the world between worlds. Um, right. I don't, I don't it's, think it it's does. All, it's all going to come full circle very, very soon. And I am so excited. <laughs> I don't think we do ourselves justice, honestly, of sitting here and going down. I mean, truthfully, what happens in this episode is, I mean, to me, this is the classic Yoda Luke, you know, on Dagobah, right? Like this training montage episode, right? Like, I don't think we're going to go scene by scene here and talk about, you know, the different con- concepts or conversations. I think this is, this is one of those episodes that like, on first blush, the story doesn't move along. But with the benefit of hindsight, I think you look at this and say this was a pivotal moment um, in this in this series because up until this point, I don't I don't think we had seen anything about the dark saber, if I'm not mistaken. Like I mean, it had been around, but like it hadn't gotten this kind of coverage, this kind of like. That's true. It hadn't gotten this kind of coverage, but we have we have seen it. Like she gave it to, yeah. and she says it. She she gave it to Kanan, or Kanan says it. I guess. Okay. That she got it from Maul, gave it to Kanan, yeah. and was like, "Dude, I don't fucking want this," because of all the baggage. And this is no like you greatness will be thrust upon you. Like, like I you do, you have to do something with this. I am interested in seeing how we get from this dark saber just being handed from one person to another to how in the Mandalorian timeline or, you know, down the timeline, it has to be won by trial by combat. Right. I mean, did she win it from Maul in combat? Is that, I don't, I, I don't think so. I think she found it on the ground. Isn't it? I think. Yeah. This was the episode where Ezra gets possessed on Dathomir. Right. And she picks up the dark saber and just takes her. Yeah. I think think that's this one. Yeah, I think that's how that went. And that's how she came upon the Darksaber. And then she didn't want anything. I mean, obviously, she talks about it at the beginning. She has negative connotations with the Darksaber. That's why she gives it to Kanan. But, you know, he obviously kind of hot potatoes it right back to her on here in this moment. (laughs) I I do think it's it's pretty interesting, like, showing... Kanan's kind of uh, um, mm. a little bit like he's 
he seems when it's not going well, he's like, wait, you have fucking sticks? Like, what are you, what are you doing, man? Um, and he's like, um, like, he's like, I, I, he wants to, he wants to be, be the best that, that he can act, serve him the best that he can. But that's a common theme for him, right? I mean, to me, because like, at the very beginning, the whole first season is about, you know, whether Kanan accepts the fact that he's a good teacher for Ezra, right? I think it's like the beginning of season two, when they take off and go to the Jedi Temple, is kind of the moment where he accepts, like, hey, this is, I think he sees Yoda or something, and he's, and, and like a force vision, and it's like, okay, you are gonna, you are a good teacher, like, you need to believe in yourself, but I think the Bad Batch gives us the con, like, the context. Remember, uh, Luminara Unduli, there's an episode in season one where like they think that Luminara is alive and he's like relieved because now Ezra will have a real teacher. Like this is not a new thing <laughs> for him. Like always yeah. doubts him. But knowing what happened to him in Bad Batch, like seeing him see his master die, I get why he would think that, right? Like he was just a boy when he lost his Jedi master. So, I mean... It's not like a stretch to be like, well, he doesn't exactly think he got his entire training or like everything that he should have. But I think it's a good point that you brought up, though, is that he's trying to do something different. Like, it's nice to see the Jedi just having different ideas. Like, he wants to do things differently. Obviously, the way that they were doing things didn't work because, you know, old Sheev took down the entire order. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just rambling at this point, honestly, man. Um, I just, I really enjoyed this episode. I, it kind of ended, and I was kind of like, I, w- I could have done with a little bit more. Yeah, like, I wish this was longer. <laughs> I, I could have done with a little bit I, more. Because I don't think it, I don't think, I don't think we go to the next, uh, I, I don't think we continue this the next episode. I think it's something different, right? That's Her legacy what, of Mandalore. I think we get a little bit more of this, but I Oh yeah, this is the rest of it. This is when she takes the uh, takes the dark saber back home. Does she go back to Mandalore? That's, this is the uh, that, this is that arc. This is the beginning. The beginning of the arc. Oh yeah, she doesn't go back to Mandalore. She goes back to Crown's Nest. Yeah, because because when Mando goes to Mandalore, I think that's the first time anybody went back to Mandalore in the universe. Honestly. Um, oh yeah, this is a very good arc, honestly, because then you've got, after that, through Imperial Eyes, yeah, this is a very good arc, honestly. I think the next two episodes are very, very good. Um, this is perfect. We got nine days until Ahsoka, and we're hitting, like, the most, <laughs> me, the best parts of Rebels are the parts that dive into, to me, the best parts of Rebels are the parts that dive into the Mandalorian culture. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I think up until now, the Mandos have been just this, like, mythical, you know, mythical people. I mean, even you see it, like, I, I did think this was interesting, like, the Vambrace piece in this episode, where they're talking about, like, how did you get your weapons, and what what all do you have? Like, they could have just called them, like, you know, sleeves or, like, shoulder harnesses or wh- whatever, but, like, they have a special name for it, and, like, you know, here's all the things that I have and, like, how I got them, like, my darts and my grappling line and whatnot. Right. Like, that was cool. 
I, I thought that was very cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, that was a nice little, if you're going to have to do exposition as dialogue, like telling a little bit of secrets about things, like that's not necessarily a bad thing to me. Um, but. Okay. I agree. All right. <sighs> Anything else we want to cover? Hopefully, we, hopefully we did this justice. <laughs> I, I did. Time will time will tell. I don't know that we did, uh, and that's what I feel like is a little bit disappointing to myself. Is like, and it, I mean, it's it's a such a tiny such a tiny piece, and like we, we have a still have a vague idea of where this goes, and kind of what what happens next, and how this is going to lead in, but we're watching it like tiny little piece at tiny little piece, like. It's almost like should should just watch all the Mandalore ones and be like, all right, here's the Mandalore movie. Fuck it, let's go. Because <laughs> this is this is just this is just the training. This is just Sabine finding essentially finding herself. I do remember the first time that I watched this, and I remember I do remember liking this a lot at the time, and I wasn't so critical of it because I would watch this and say like, you know, it's nice to have any Star Wars. Because in 2017, this was kind of, to me, this was right after, I think this was after the movie had first come back onto, we had just gotten episode nine. Um, or no, we had just gotten episode seven, um, like a year before. We hadn't seen Lost Jedi, or Last Jedi yet. Um, it was still kind of cool to be into Star Wars again. Like it was, it was the thing, right? Like people didn't hate on it as much back then, and um, I don't know. It was, this was kind of like the heyday. I mean, like the resurgence of Star Wars. And like, to me, this is, it just brings back good memories, like of where I was in my life and like watching this. And like, I was, didn't have anything figured out, but like, I knew when this show would come on, like this was like usually 30 minutes of just like, just enjoyment, just relax and enjoy the episode. And it was enjoyable fun, but it, started to transition like we're saying from enjoyable fun to like okay you got to pay attention because like lore is happening here like you need to pay attention because this is going to yeah. matter um but i do agree with you watching it this way this kind of segmented way does make it a little bit harder to uh it to feels enjoy. weird but, um so. yeah it feel it feels weird i agree but i i still i still think it's good and it's like this is one of those that leaves you wanting more of it. Like I, I just want to keep watching. That is, that is a great thing and a bad thing all at the same time. Yes. Right. That's what's so damn frustrating. But. <laughs> all right, Snark. Well, I think I think we've arrived to the conclusion of this episode. If we haven't, we'll find out. We'll find out shortly. But um, sure. I think we've done this one justice, in my opinion. Um, so, I guess we'll let the uh, we'll let the snark take us out as he always does, sir. May the force be with you. We'll talk to you guys next week.